Welcome once again to Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. This is a spinoff of the Dark Discussions podcast. I am co-host Philip from the state of New Hampshire and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Okay. Let's see. Before we uh, begin our episode, what this podcast is, is a discussion of the weekly episodes of the HBO series Westworld, where we critique and make our predictions and give judgment and so forth to each episode. Uh, But before we discuss tonight's episode or anything related to Westworld, uh, Eric, you do, I know you do a couple of podcasts. Uh, one of them is a general interest podcast called the Scansity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, and I guess the other one you want me to talk about is Dark Discussions, which people already listen to with all of us. Some, but believe it or not, uh, a lot of people found Dark Discussions because of Game of Thrones or Westworld rather than the other way around. Crazy. It is. But, yes, uh, what people do is they just search in Stitcher for Westworld, and then a bunch of podcasts pop up, including Bullets, Brothels, and Bots. Um, well, well, Dark Discussions is where this all started, uh, a podcast where we talk about horror fiction, film, uh, all that's fantastic. And along the way, we started doing a spinoff podcast of Game of Thrones and uh, called You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, and this one, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots of Westworld podcast. So Dark Discussions is actually the mothership uh, that started everything. That's true. And and uh, 333 episodes of Dark Discussions, uh, specifically not including uh, the episodes of the spinoff podcast. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, now, uh, Mike, you do a genre blog plus other podcasts? Yeah, well, my genre blog is uh, Unnatural Selections, www.unnaturalselections.com. Uh, and the other podcasts are, of course, uh, the Dark Discussions podcast and this podcast and the other two spinoffs, which are, uh, you know, Nothing Jon Snow for Game of Thrones and uh, Searching for American Gods, which is about America, the American Gods series. Both of those should be returning sometime in the year 2019. That's right. American Gods was just announced as a 2019 um, release of Season 2. Um, and Game of Thrones, we already knew that was a 2019 release. Um, now, uh, we do have an uh, email, which we will read uh, later in the show, because um, it's specifically related to uh, tonight's discussion, which is the reunion episode of Westworld. But before there. He's talking about the episode of Westworld that has the title Reunion. That's exactly right. Um, now, uh, anybody have any information that's genre related to Westworld and robots and science fiction that they wanted to discuss uh, before we do talk about uh, the episode Reunion, season two, episode two of Westworld? No, I think uh, most of the news is uh, for dark discussions. All right, very good. Um, um, yes, Mike. I think they just released a trailer for Red Dead Redemption Two. So if you, uh, it's like Grand Theft Auto but with cowboys. Huh. 
So for those who have never whoever who played the first game, <clears throat> that was a really good series. Uh, the second game is coming relatively quick. Uh, so sometime in the next couple of months. So if you're into the cowboy stuff, no robots, not yet. Although they didn't release an expansion pack for Red Dead uh, Redemption, which uh, turned it into a zombie game. Who knows what they'll do, they'll do with this one. Yes, and uh, I didn't play the first game or the Red Dead Redemption, uh, the zombie spinoff, uh, but I heard both were uh, very popular, and they both got excellent reviews on GameSpot. Um, and uh, that's that's a good thing. And also, I think Rotten Tomatoes gave them excellent reviews at the time, because at one point, Rotten Tomatoes was also um, collecting reviews of video games. Uh, but I believe they have dropped that, and they now just do TV and movies. Uh, but GameSpot, uh, which is a place that I go to to uh, re- see reviews of video games, uh, gives those games a high review. Um now, um, where can you find us? Well, Westworld Podcasts, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots uh, can be found on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. But it also can be found on darkdiscussions.com. Since this is a spinoff of Dark Discussions Podcast, uh, that website is what uh, the Westworld Podcast resides on as well. So for folks who want to join the conversation, uh, you would go to darkdiscussions.com. Or you would go to darkdiscussions at AOL.com if you want to send us emails, as Sean Fox has done this week. You can also go to Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group, where we will add you. And there's been a lot of discussion on uh, Westworld this past week. And, uh, of course, um, you can find us uh, on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher under two different feeds, either Dark Discussions Podcast feed or bullets, brothels, and bots, a Westworld podcast feed. If you subscribe to the second, you will only receive the Westworld podcasts. But if you reside to the Dark Discussions feed, you will get both the Dark Discussions episodes as well as the Westworld podcast episodes. Um, I think that's all I have there. Uh, Any further things anybody wanted to discuss before we talk about Reunion? Well, let's get into it. All right, sounds good. So, uh, Reunion um, is a episode that was written by uh, Kali Ray and Jonathan Nolan. As we know, Jonathan Nolan is one of the co-showrunners of the show, along with his wife. Um, I forget her name. I, I know her last name is Joy, but I forget what her first name is. Uh, Vincenzo Natali is uh, the director, uh, probably most famous for uh, the movie Cube, as well as the movie Splice. Um, And Kali Ray, uh, if folks want to know who that is, uh, that is a writer of Mad Men, uh, Constantine, uh, The Leftovers, as well as a co-producer of The Leftovers. Mindhunter, he wrote an episode of, and of course, this episode of Westworld. Um, by the way, Vincenzo Natale uh, was also the director behind the, the uh, pilot episode of the new Tremor series that unfortunately was passed on by the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, there's still some hope maybe that somebody else might pick it up, but we'll see. Yes, yes, uh, that would be uh, 
unfortunate if it just has a lonely death. Uh, and it's interesting too because it actually stars Kevin Bacon, so uh, it's not uh, a true true reboot. It's actually with the real character, a real actor. And they they reportedly actually got Fred Ward to make an appearance in it too. So, oh nice. There's uh, some speculation because it got actually people who saw it liked it. So there's some speculation that maybe they a sci-fi just kind of bit off more than it can chew and it might have been too expensive for them to carry forward. Uh, but Netflix has announced that it's going to focus a lot on, on genre series from this point on. Maybe they would be interested. Mm, that's true. Uh, maybe Hulu as well. Uh, or Hulu or Amazon or... You know, iTunes, I know, is now developing uh, shows as well. So, Or I should say Apple. So... Um, maybe that's something for them to look at as well. A um, couple other things. Uh, featured music is by Ramin Dejwadi. Um, even though he's English, similar, or I should say British, as Jonathan Nolan is joint citizenship of American and British as well. Uh, I think uh, Dejwadi actually has already made a name of himself just for the fact of Game of Thrones, the music for that. Uh, he's actually uh, on tour now, and he's actually appearing in Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, I believe this month, um, and I think that's about all I got. Um, so, uh, all right, let's uh, start discussing uh, this episode. Uh, I guess we could discuss uh, what we felt about it. Um, and let's start with you, Mike, because I know you had a busy week this past week because you were, uh, as folks who know Mike from the Dark Discussions podcast, they also know that he's a biology teacher, but uh, also volunteers. Uh, to do other things with the school, and you went to Orlando as a chaperone for a student trip, and I know you were very busy and tired, and you said that the, you watched this episode, Reunion, but then had to stop it and go to sleep, so I'm really curious whether it's well, because you were actually very tired, as I'm assuming, or you were somewhat bored, or what, so let's hear what you have to say. Yeah, well, if anybody's on the Dark Discussions group uh, on Facebook, then you'll probably note that I'm often on there very late at night, at least by Eastern Standard Time, uh, and <clears throat> so combining, you know, walking eight to 10 miles a day with, uh, one late night after another, with one early morning after another, I tried watching it Sunday night and I passed out at about one o'clock, uh, because kids were big knuckleheads that night and I didn't get a chance to watch it on time. And, uh, <clears throat> about an hour after I passed out, they were running around outside the hotel some kids had bought lightsabers at uh, Hollywood Studios and were YouTubing themselves. Oh, God. Doing lightsaber fights. And I explained to my students this year, because I get to organize and run it all next year as the junior <laughs> class advisor, uh, that, you know, you have to give us some plausible deniability. You know, you didn't do anything illegal, but don't put it on YouTube. You know, don't, don't put it on social media. So anyway, yeah, so I just passed out. I didn't. I finished watching it um, last night. Um. Although, I'll be honest, I still, I just took a, uh, what time is it, 8 o'clock? So I took about a four-hour nap uh, when I got home from work today. I think I'm finally caught up on sleep. But I can't be sure that I picked up on everything that was in this episode or will remember everything. Uh, so I will have to try to rewatch it. But I still have a movie that I have to watch for something else tomorrow. So <laughs> uh, I'll be doing that once this is episode, once we are done recording here. So anyway, I like the episode. Everyone seemed... From what little I've got, because I haven't been online much the last two weeks, 
seemed like everyone was gaga over the episode. I like the episode. It didn't necessarily stand out to me. Uh, it does fill in some uh, as being necessarily any better than past episodes, but also not any worse either. Uh, but it does fill in some blanks that uh, are, and give some hints as to what's going on in the world outside. It is our first glimpse at the world outside of Westworld, uh, if I can remember correctly. Uh, and I like that. Um, and the title Reunion is very appropriate because there is a lot of reunions in this episode. You obviously get to see William's reunion with Dolores from <clears throat> the younger William. Uh, you also get, uh, what is the character's name? I'm blanking. Is it Lucas? Who is the other character? Yeah, uh, Logan. 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 Okay, Logan gets his reunion. Also gets to have a reunion of sorts with uh, Dolores. You get uh, Dolores has a reunion with Maeve. Uh, they get uh, a reunion with. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the guy. The bandit. Uh, oh, the, Lawrence. With, oh, yeah, Lawrence and William have a reunion. Uh, you get the reunion with, uh, El Chapo Fring. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you get a lot of little bits here and there of characters coming together who had been apart for a while. You know, some of them are just passing as with Dolores and, and Maeve, um, and others like William and, uh, Lauren seem like they're going to last for a bit. Um, this is not going to be, I don't think a central piece to the story, but it's you know like a like a critical piece, but it does it's it's a one of those things that's going to be tying a lot of stuff together and helping move the story along. It, it was good. It gives a little bit more to mythology, but I liked it a lot. Very right, right, good. Uh, what about yourself, Eric? Uh, it was fine. I didn't go crazy about it. Uh, it does advance us towards uh, where everything is headed and give us a little more information. I think that was really the most important part of this particular episode. Uh, I didn't think there were any truly great character moments. Um, I was all excited that uh, that uh, Maeve and Dolores finally met, but I thought they were going to team up and they didn't. They were just passing in the night, so that was a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, but other than that, I liked the episode. All right, very good. Um, yeah, for me... Um, uh, I, I'm usually a reserved person anyway when it comes to certain things though uh, I do joke a lot by saying best film ever and so forth uh, but this one episode I would I'd probably agree with, with the majority of folks that Mike uh, alluded to which is uh, it was uh, one of the best episodes of the show at least in my opinion Okay. at, at least in my opinion uh, I felt it was strong story wise and it kept my attention. I think the folks who won't like this episode as much as uh, the folks that Mike uh, has alluded to are probably the folks that have a close relationship with certain characters because a lot of the main characters, uh, such as uh, Tandy Newton's character and Evan Rachel Wood's character, were more in the background this week. And so that may have... Um, you know, fans of those characters may have been somewhat, I guess, disappointed with this episode because it didn't focus on what we are assuming will be main storylines. Uh, but I, I'm okay with that because I'm, I'm ever since 
um, the end of last season, I, I don't really particularly like any character specifically. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the characters and I like enjoying watching them, but I'm not rooting for any of the characters because most of the characters are fairly flawed as people or robots, and therefore I don't really uh, rah rah for anybody anymore. Except though, I do like certain actresses like Evan Rachel Wood. I'm a big fan of hers, but uh, her character has changed, so I'm obviously not as big on her character as I have been prior. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I felt this was one of the most solid episodes um, so far. But Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can't really explain why. Um, Mike probably can sp- explain why more than me because it seems like, yeah. Mike, you, you may have read why people think this is a solid episode. Uh, for me, it just felt like a solid episode. There's nothing that I can point out that maybe other people online or, or blogs or reviews on websites have said. But Well, because I didn't get to watch it until finish watching it until late last night, I've been avoiding stuff, but I have saw like headlines and broad comments, so I didn't get it when I read the spoilers stuff until I had a chance to see the episode. My guess is just that people tend to like, and I'm also one of the episodes that give you some answers, and that, that this is giving us something different <clears throat> in showing us uh, Dolores and Arnold and uh, at the early part of the episode and uh, sort of behind-the-scenes stuff of William and the, the Dealers Corporation uh, and a little bit of the aftermath of what happened in the the 30 years ago storyline from first season and seeing how William helps manipulate himself into a better position and into taking over the park. Uh, or just seeing how they managed to woo uh, Logan into to investing in the park in the first place. Well, and now that I've had a couple minutes to think about this, I, I also enjoyed that. Uh, I, I think what disappointed me about this episode a little bit is that I really wanted to know more about what's happening in the in the aftermath. Um, like th- that first episode, we got the scenes with the the soldiers showing up and talking to uh, Bernard, and then they see all the dead bodies, and they like didn't follow up on any of that. So I guess that's why I was a little underwhelmed by this episode. Yeah, right. If you're, if you're- I was just going to say, it seems like they're going to be doing what Game of Thrones does, where they leave a big cliffhanger for a character and then mm-hmm. don't don't go back to that character for two episodes or something. Uh, right. Well, now that, I, now that I know to expect that, I can readjust my expectations a little bit. Uh, but I was, like, waiting for that the whole episode, and I didn't get it. So by the, when it, the credits rolled, I was just like, ah! Mm-hmm. Right, and this is, this is one of the advantages, I think, of doing rewatches, because I have that experience a lot with different shows. <clears throat> where I want them to resolve a certain storyline or explore a certain thing more. And when you're on the first watch through, you're like, get, come on, what, get, get to it, get to it. Get, what happened to Bernard? What, you know, whatever it may be. Or conversely, there'll be people like, but they didn't tell us anything more about the history of the park. You know, some people are more interested in that aspect of it. When the season is over, you've gotten all of that, or at least know how much of that you're going to get. And it's, I think, easier to take the episode for what it is. And so there's been a number of times like, Oh, I like, I'll think of say supernatural or Buffy where they have these season story arcs, but then they have these filler episodes and people hate the filler episodes while the season is on Mm -hmm. because they're not, 
developing the story arc, and we want to know what happens. Was that like a know? Monster of the Week episode? Or something? Yeah, it would be like a Monster of the Week episode. Yeah. And and then after the season's over, the Monster of the Week, the, the not the Monster of the Week, the that season storyline is over, and now they're not as you know they can go back and sort of enjoy the Monster of the Week episodes a little bit differently. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's just it just depends on what you're looking for, and uh, and it does shift the spotlight. Like I do think, even though there's a bit of Dolores, it felt like the focus was less on her character and more on Teddy. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did enjoy, uh, and particularly I enjoyed watching Logan get introduced to Westworld. <laughs> that 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 scene I enjoyed a great bit. Yeah, that was a really good scene. Um, yeah, this episode really felt uh, it was a, a Williams stu- uh, episode straight through. Whether it was right. him as as a as a, um, the older William or the younger William, and Logan, of course, has always been an extension to um, uh, William's storyline. So, um, yeah. That, well, and they did uh, in the backstory here give us a very important uh, connecting piece of information um actually i i I don't know how we want to approach this because right now we're kind of bopping about and uh in order to progress with my thought here i need to to delve into plot points are we cool going there sure yeah i would think so right mike go ahead all right uh which is in the first episode when bernard and um ah crap what's her name the executive oh uh tasha thompson's character yeah charlotte yeah. Charlotte, yes. When Charlotte and Bernard go to that uh, underground bunker, uh, wherever it is, and Bernard discovers that they've been collecting information about their guests, uh, we, we get the reasoning behind it in this episode, uh, which is that in order to get uh, Delos Sr., uh, they call him Mac, I forget what his actual first name is, uh, but Delos Sen- James, in order to get James Delos to actually... Uh, sign the check to invest in Westworld, William has to convince him because Logan hasn't and basically tells him, look, uh, when people come here, they do whatever they want because they think their name not being watched and not being judged. You spend millions of dollars on market research trying to figure out what your customers want because they don't even know. I uh, so if if you don't understand the value of being able to observe people when they think they're when when they're being their true selves, then I guess you're not the businessman I thought you were, which kind of taunts them into being like, well, all right, let's hear some more. Yeah, and it's funny how he he plays it. Uh, first off, the actor that does play the older Delos the, or the the patriarch of the Delos family is uh, the lead actor from the movie Session 9, uh, the Scottish guy in that film. That's where I recognized him from. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting how William uses marketing research or uh, consumer interest as the selling point rather than the technology of the robots because uh, Delos, the, the patriarch, he states that by the time all this is ready and good and all that, uh, like in 20 years from now, I'll, I'll, I won't be here, maybe because, you know, of age and whatnot. So it was a smart move by William. Whether William 
is more interested in the robots or actually the marketing. I don't know, but he's interested in the park anyway. And to get the, the funding, he uses the marketing piece for the older Delos, the Patriarch, because that he knew would, would get him on board. Yeah, I think it's all bullshit. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I'm like, I'm willing to buy the premise of the series, but because uh, it does seem that's a reach to invest all this money in uh, in a park to do get marketing research on only the most wealthy clients, because that's not a huge population base. But I think that it's it was a hook to get him in. I don't believe for a moment that that is William's ultimate goal, right? He's oh, talking not about Williams, no. Right, so he's talking about the park in twenty years, you know, and no, saying he's, how he's just how trying this, to the, make sure the thing keeps going. Right, this will be the park in twenty years, or the this will be the world in, in twenty years. He says, "Well, I don't have twenty years." Well, it's, he doesn't think it's going to be the world in twenty years if all if all he's doing is using it to sell lifestyle choices to people, uh, and it may mean something that uh, we see James Delos uh, at his retirement party later. Uh, and he's obviously suffering some 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 ailment. Yeah, he's sick. We don't. I don't think it's stated exactly what, but he's clearly not well. Well, we all know that if you are on a TV show and your character coughs, right, your your, your days are numbered because they don't have the time to deal with the fact that you know somebody might just get a random cold. <laughs> uh, right, right. Well, just like any time a woman vomits, she's pregnant. Pro- right. Well, pregnant or or drunk and hungover. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and that's a good point. Like, uh, anytime they have someone's cough in television or movies, that means they're going to die because it's it's an easy way to get the audience to know without throwing out a bunch of exposition, basically. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, and we'll see whether he actually dies or not because we do talk about uh, if in the first season, the one guy who comes to William and says. Uh, you know, you you, th- you saved my sister's life or something along those lines. So this is a company that's involved in medical research. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we'll see. You know, we'll see if they managed if he still lingers um, later right. on. Right, like Will and, and Prometheus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hopefully they don't have the bad makeup like him. Uh, well, they actually hired an old person for that. For this yes, show, that's yeah, true. They they did. Yes. Um, um, I don't know where they one. found an old actor. Well, but <laughs> I guess I guess they're out there. Ridley Scott just couldn't find one. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, so this this one really plays up the backstory of the Delos family and how the park um, came about. Um, it, it's curious. Because we don't learn really too much about the technology folk, meaning the people that design the robots. Basically, it appears that this a group of people, which may be, be um, you know, uh, Arnold and um, Ford, and they had a small company and they made the robots and then they sent the robots to Logan to sell the idea to him. And then Logan... And William liked the idea, and then William sells it to the patriarch Delos. Uh, but we—I don't think we've learned that yet, right? We—we we haven't learned where the robots come from, right? Because we do meet Angela, 
and they try to trick us to make us think Angela is a person, even though we already had seen her character last year as a hostess to the park, and then this year is a bandito uh, with uh, Dolores' character. Uh, and the is actress that the same, is that the same woman? I couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah, it's the same okay. woman. Yeah, yeah, because her hair is much different. I, I thought it might be, but I couldn't be sure. Yeah. Uh, the actress Tallulah Riley um, used to be married to uh, Elon Musk twice, yeah. as a matter of fact. Twice? Never mind. I yeah, was going to so start they, asking follow-up questions, but decided it's not worth it. Yeah, they they get married, they get divorced, and they get married again, and then they get divorced again in 2016. <laughs> Um, and she's 20 years younger than her. Um, so anyway, um, that whole scene in the, uh, I'm assuming it's some Asian city, but I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I don't know what city they were in. Yeah, they were in some high rise though, bar. It wasn't New York. You can recognize New York. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so... It was some big city, unknown, unnamed, uh, with no defining features, as you said, Eric. And um, the robots were all set up there to convince Logan to be on board. And then when Logan gets tricked because he couldn't identify who the robot is, and then when he finds out everybody's a robot, even even Angela's character, uh, he's on board. And uh, uh, But... Well, after he craps his pants. Yeah, yeah, he was like and completely flabbergasted, which I would think so because it's a it's this technology it appears is ridiculously well, uh, advanced it, even for that time. Did you get the impression that this might be set in current time? Yeah, that's a, that's because he's a, talking about AR and VR and all that stuff that's just now starting to hit the market. And he's talking about people trying to get his money to invest in it. That's a good catch arc. Yeah, yeah. And and he then he says they keep on saying, Oh, we have something better than AR and VR and then he says, Wow, you guys are way before everybody's time with this technology. So you could be right, Ark. It could be two thousand and eighteen, um, that scene. Um and then but but again, we don't learn who the creators are, right? I mean, we assume it's Ford and Arnold, though, right? I mean... Like, yeah. What about you? Do you, th- you have an opinion on that? Yeah, I, I don't... Because they are... So, I, they're in the... I don't think they would be in the present, because AR and VR is really nascent right now. I think it's going to be more, like, in the very near future, where it might be a bigger thing. So, maybe, like, 2023 20, or something like that? Or, or something like that. Um, and they're, they're, they have to keep the time kind of vague, I think. And I think that's the smart play. Because yeah. the minute you date it, you know, uh, you start running into issues. Uh, so just, you know, if presumably AR and VR, if everyone who's gambling on this right, will be a big thing for, uh, you know, the next 10 or 20 years or more. So I'm, I'm assuming it's probably somewhere in that time frame. And then that would place Westworld proper you know, somewhere between 40 and uh, 50 years in the future. Right. You know, and so and even with the city, then who knows how the city skylines could change. Um, obviously 20 years ago, the New York city skyline was very different, not completely different because you still had, you know, the empire state building, the Chrysler building, but you also had like the twin towers. You didn't have the freedom tower. Uh, any number of things could happen to completely alter a cityscape. 
uh, like a giant kaiju attack. So, uh, yeah, it's, but I think they're trying to keep it as non-specific as possible. But there's no reason to limit their story choices at this point. Yeah, that's that's a, a fair point. Um, and then why put it in a, a certain time frame if the show will be watched in 10 years from now and it will be dated and all that. Um, so that's a, a fair point. I uh, say it's current. Fair enough. <laughs> Works for me. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to your point. But anyway. I think... Yeah, that's fair too. Um, I, so yeah, I think this is what you were talking about, Eric, as one of the more... Interesting scenes of this episode, the one in the, in the the bar when he gets tricked. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this scene, this scene was awesome. He basically has two strangers approach him at a bar, uh, and basically uh, dare him to come see what they've got, uh, and then come bring him to a party and uh, tell him to pick out the robot. And so he starts uh, wandering around the party trying to figure out which one of the people at the party is the robot and it turns out they all are <laughs> because at one point uh, they freeze all of them uh, so he, he's basically flabbergasted because he the, the phrase he uses is we're not here yet uh, the, the technology is so advanced he can't even believe that it ex- exists so uh, he's he's in <laughs> yeah there was a couple other cool lines too is one he originally thinks it's Tallulah Riley's character because he says to the other representative that, oh, she's too perfect, which she is pretty, pretty good looking woman, um, to the point of like, like supermodel perfect, you know, one in a million type. And so when he starts talking about that, then suddenly all the robots freeze except for her character. Mm-hmm. And, and so he suddenly is like, holy smokes. And then, when we say freeze, we're talking about, you know, they don't move at all, as we've seen in prior episodes of the series. So, and that's physically impossible, you know, no eye blinking or anything. He uh, knows that, okay, they, they, they have to be robots or, or synthetics or whatever you want to call them. And then when he approaches Tallulah Riley's character, Angela, to discuss, she basically admits that she's a robot too. And then he's just like, this is unbelievable. Um, so, so the whole scene was really well um, put together, I think. Um, there was another scene, too, which, Mike, you mentioned earlier that was, was interesting, too, when, the retirement party, because this is where uh, we see Dolores uh, playing the piano in a different mode than she usually is. We also see Angela Serafin's character, uh, Clementine, being a... Um, cocktail waitress at the at the party so so the the robots have been brought out to basically do the help at the party um and then we have dolores uh during a break in the music head down to i guess um like this porch slash deck type thing that overlooks water or or, or mountain range I, I forget what and She's talking about how it's beautiful, which is a, a flashback from a scene at the very beginning of the episode. But then Logan, who we find out is doing like heroin or coke or something, so he's a fuck up basically, or, or you know, a wealthy person that is just a partier, and, and therefore that's why William can basically take advantage of the situation and, and move ahead of him, you know, when, when the company does eventually take over Westworld. 
Um, but Logan does say something interesting, which is, and I wish I had written it down, but uh, he said that all those people up there are happy and laughing and are wealthy and whatnot, and yet all they're doing is destroy, killing themselves, basically, um, because he knows that eventually the robots will take over the world, or that's what he's implying. And, yeah. and, and, and that's an excellent commentary on everything from China in the 1970s, where all everybody just what's trying to do anything they want, and then suddenly you have this huge country in 2018 that's quote unquote a threat to everybody, or you know how Japan in the famous line says you're going to wake the general says to Tojo in Japan that you're going to wake a sleeping giant if we attack America, and, and on and on, and and then any any other thing where it's something that people do to try to get money or power or whatever, and then it comes and bites them in the ass 20 years or 30 years later. And, and that's what this is basically implied. And, and as, as we've seen as this show has gone about, it, it seems like that's most likely the case. Um, so what do you guys think of that, that whole thing and, and Williams, I guess, um, seeing in the future type of thing? I don't know how to respond to that. I, I don't think he saw the future what did what was he implying then what, what do you think he was trying to say are, are you talking about logan you said william oh i'm sorry yeah i meant logan sorry okay um well i'm he's clearly right yeah yeah i i, I guess so <laughs> that's all <laughs> yeah yeah because we've already saw it happen right so in the season finale of last year um what about you mike what do you think uh i'm trying to, i honestly i'm having trouble remembering the details of that uh, I think that was like the last scene I watched before I passed out, uh, gotcha. if I remember correctly. So I'm not really sure I can comment. But either way, it was an interesting uh, scene. That whole scene was interesting. Um, and it also shows us how William became the future CEO or owner of the company instead of Logan. Uh, and it wasn't, what I guess, what happened in the park necessarily after all. It was more um, Logan... I guess I had behavioral health issues due to uh, well, and and probably uh, what Williams set up in Westworld didn't help that appearance. Uh, you know, <laughs> setting him off right naked on a horse. Uh, he's gonna wake up and be like, "Well, what 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 happened?" Uh, yeah, and people are gonna think that he got so stoned that he didn't know what he was doing and took off all his clothes and wandered out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, and let's remember from his point of view, he had thought he had William pegged, and <laughs> and he was William was kind of a nebbish, kind of a loser, and he was goading him on the entire series, right? You know, and for the first well, season. And the beautiful thing is that he did have William pegged pre Westworld. Uh, Westworld changed William into the Man in Black. Right, either changed him or, or awoke him or whatever, however you or want to revealed, phrase it. Yes. Revealed him, yeah, whatever. He, well, he discovered uh, himself, but, right, as Williams would say. Right. right. He says, Cause you, you learn who you are in that park. And he yep. learned he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> and and his whole plan to, to to help his brother and his future brother-in-law find some cojones completely blew up in his face. Yep. And now he's... And this is his... And, his baby, right? He's the one who decided to invest in the park. 
Right. Yeah. Um, which I don't think they established last season. That that we knew that they invested in the park. That the idea that he's the one that put their foot into it in the first place. Right. Uh, and now he has lost that. He's going to lose control of the company, uh, and he's been sidelined. And he's has seen who his brother is, brother-in-law is, uh, with with no one is watching, quote unquote. And I'm guessing it scares him. What about what about Logan also finding out who he is? Uh, and I don't want to use the word woke because, as, as you said, Mike, it's a it's a sh- shitty word. Um, well, but, it's, it, it, in in a social justice kind of context, I'm not a fan of it, but it's it's a literal awakening, right? You know, is that yeah. uh, of of that and you know that a realization of 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 self awareness and uh, self actualization, I guess, to a degree. And, and, and I think, okay. Yeah, and he found out he's not as badass as he thought he was. Well, and I don't even know if it's if it's even that. I, I'm thinking it could be other things too. Maybe he suddenly sees things in a clearer way or a different way, meaning that this investment, even though it was an awesome idea, is actually a dangerous idea. And even and then when you become depressed. Some people who become depressed and use substances to take away the pain. And based off of what he said to Dolores, where he says those people are suiciding, I'm thinking he's awoke in the sense that, like, my God, what what are we doing? And I, I don't, I'm either now a part of it and I'm doomed like everyone else, and therefore might as well just use the, their heroin or whatever he was using, or he um, became depressed and he's just a defeatist because he sees the robot future or some sort of bad future to come. You, you know what I'm saying? So you can become, a, you're a badass, and then suddenly when you see see the nuclear weapon in the distance, you go, you know, you suddenly aren't a badass anymore, and you're just like, holy shit, we're wrong. Right. So, well, we all have, we all lie and, but we lie to ourselves more than anyone else. And we tend to want to think of ourselves. We all think we're the hero of our story, you know, um, but sometimes we're just not, you know, sometimes we're the dick, you know, and sometimes we're just not as good as we think you are. We're not as hard as we all like to think. I mean, all, how many of us go home and think that, if only I ran things at work, everything would be so much better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes that's just not the case, but it's what we tell ourselves to get by. You know, uh, we like to think that we know better than everybody else. Or maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, and tell people, you know, uh, which we joke about on the podcast, but some people really do. No, you're wrong for liking that movie. <laughs> you know, Um our opinions trump others' opinions because we have the right opinion and they have the wrong opinion. Yeah. But, and it's just sometimes, and then sometimes you get exposed, you know, that you are, you know, you, you learn that, you know, something happens and that puts you in your place. Right. And that's, that can be for, you know, for men, we refer to it as being emasculating in some cases. Yeah. And, no, that sure as, and it sure as hell is what happened to Logan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Uh, you're absolutely right. It could be looked at that way, or it could be looked at the way. Um, um, I know you've seen the movie, Eric. Um, uh, the one, the one about the the um, market collapsing, um, the housing market collapsing. Oh, um, the Big Short. The yes. Big Short. Yeah, the Brad Pitt character in that, where he worked on Wall Street for years, and then he said, "This fucking, I'm out of here," and and uh-huh. he became a organic farmer. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale, wasn't it? No, no, no. The, the Brad Pitt. Oh, right, it was Brad Pitt. I forgot. It was a small. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And, and and even you can even use Christian Bale's character. Yeah, he says, "This is ridiculous. I see the truth. I'm gonna go the complete opposite." Um, yeah, but but those people are really rare. Right, yes. the ones that actually do see the future, the ones who actually are ahead of the curve. Everybody's right. claiming to be that. Everyone, you know, everyone is a snake oil salesman, but some people really have snake oil. You know, it's like they have, really have the cure all. You know, some people really have what they're selling. Most people are just full of shit. Sure, but I think what actually happened is, I think what led to Logan's decline wasn't so much the fact that he figured out that the robots were going to be a problem in the future. It was that his lies to himself got exposed uh, by William when they were in the park, because he went in there thinking that he's all this bad, uh, badass black hat, right? And he's going around the park being Mister Macho uh, as long as it's against the host who can't actually hurt him. And then when it comes time to deal with William, who can actually hurt him, uh, he becomes a big old wuss. Uh, so his machismo gets uh, blown out of the water, and he's exposed for the coward that he really is. Yeah, that's a good point. I, yeah, I, you know what? I think that's probably the truth. And then after being down on, on your luck for so long, as it turns out he happens to be, he just starts becoming the person that can see oddly more clearly, even though he's on drugs, the the whole I guess you know what. In other words, to really see the truth, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom, mm-hmm. right? Because you're always at the top. You know, you don't. You think you're irreplaceable. You think you're smart. You think whatever, and then you lose your job, and uh, you, you know you're on the unemployment line, and then you're homeless, and it's like holy shit, I can't believe I was that person a year ago that thought I was the best. And knew everything, and all it took was um, uh, a pink slip, you know. So, so I, I think it's a combination of both, maybe, um, because that wise comment that he does say to Dolores, who, which he probably would have never said had he not hit rock rock bottom, because I'm sure had he not hit rock bottom, he would have been up at the house with his father and William and the rest, right? Up saying this is the best, but when you do hit rock bottom, suddenly you can see through the trees or the smog that the people up in the house can't see. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what cracked me up about the trees and the smog, but it made me laugh. <laughs> well, I was going to say fog, but I said I would be a wise ass to say smog. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, well, I read this article uh, a couple of days ago uh, that ninety nine out of ten people are breathing terrible air. Yeah, <laughs> so, yep. which which makes sense probably. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that, I thought that was 
interesting um, too, and, and it'll be curious to see what happens to Logan because we never saw Logan in the present, or at least we don't think we did um, last season. All we saw him was in the flashbacks when Logan and him went into the, I mean, William and him went into the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be curious to see if he makes it out of this past that because these are oh, flashbacks I don't, I don't too. Think, I don't think Logan makes it. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can. It'd be interesting to see. You know, they they can cast an older old Logan. You know, they're not going to use the same oh, actor. They, they can. I just don't think that happens. That's all. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't surprise me if we don't see him again. Uh, but it also wouldn't completely shock me if they do. Oh, nothing's uh, going to shock me because yeah. HBO. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I mean just. Oh, go on, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I just think we got hung up on this particular scene. We should move on soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do. Let's do so. Uh, um, there's, there's this other. Uh, so basically, uh, aside from all the flashback stuff, we get the both Dolores and the Man in Black. That is to say, older William are headed in the same direction. They're both headed west, and I think they're headed for the same place. Uh, Dolores refers to it as the Valley Beyond, and the Man in Black calls it um, the worst mistake. He says that he built it, and it's the worst mistake he ever made. And Dolores said it's a weapon, and she's going to use it to take all the humans down. Right. So this is all becoming very intriguing about whatever the fuck this place is that they're headed to out west. Yeah, it's 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 some sort of location, but. At the very end of the the, the episode, Dolores um, lets the cat out of the bag, so to speak, by saying it's really, even though it's a location, it's not the location that's important. It's what's at the location. And, that, and what is at, at the location is a weapon that will allow us to wipe out our enemies, which happen to be humans. Right. And um, the, so that's the, all very intriguing. There's a scene that Tandy Newton when, and Dolores, when they meet, it's an interesting scene because um, Tandy basically says, or uh, what's Tandy Newton's character's name? In the Maeve. Show? Maeve, that's right. Maeve, Maeve, that's right, the Irish name. Um, Maeve um, basically is asked by someone, and I think it was Dolores, um, you know, are you out to get revenge? And she says, no, that's, that's too human of me. And while Dolores is, and so I'm beginning to think that even if Maeve has done some uh, amoral things last season and even this season, I think her character is going to be or possibly will be one of the heroes of the show whenever this show ends, um, because she wants to be better than the humans. And when I say better, I mean non-violent, whatever. She, I know she doesn't want to do the stupid things humans do, because as we know, if humans weren't flawed species, we wouldn't be killing each other and fighting each other and whatever. And she, I think based off of that one statement has 
gone over and above that and is heading that way where she's going to be better than humans. Well, Dolores is showing that she's just a, a human, basically, you know, a flawed and, and a murderer and the rent, just like humans can be. And, and it's, I've, I've noticed this with all things, like whether it's, um, uh, colonialism where, Oh, well, we, we, as long as we're in power, uh, the other, these people won't kill them, each other. But once we leave, they're going to kill each other. And then, of course, the, the people that are being suppressed say, well, at least we can, and this is a famous line from the movie Lawrence Arabia, at least we we can kill our, each other, basically, um, without being told that we can't. In other words, we can make our own decisions. We don't need you to make our decisions. Or people who say that, oh, uh, a woman or a minority could be a better president than a Caucasian white male, and yet... Everybody's forgetting that a woman and a minority also are people too, and uh, and as people, everybody who's a person has flaws. So they all suck, right? People and people suck. Exactly. So what I'm thinking is Maeve wants to step over that and isn't a woman, isn't a minority, or isn't a white Caucasian male. She's not a person at all. She's going to be better than a person. While Dolores is just a representation of humans' evil. That's an interesting take, Phil. Uh, I also think it's worth mentioning that I think at this point we can, at least I am operating under the assumption that Dolores is still following some sort of story that Ford wrote for her while Mm. Maeve has actually broken away from her programming. That's actually a good point, Eric, because Ford hates humans. Dolores has been the person that he's chosen to wipe out the humans. Yeah. Maybe. That's actually a good point, too. Uh, So maybe Dolores isn't actually a free will as she thinks she is. She's actually still running the program. Yeah, that's that's the point I was making there. Uh, And I will say I was a little disappointed because, like I said, I wanted to see Dolores and Maeve team up. um, uh, Because if they work together, I'm pretty sure they could do some serious fucking damage and that would be awesome. But, but oh well, Meave, not right, not right now. But Meve doesn't want to do damage. She says that's too human for her. Well, I that was a great. We'll line. see. We'll see. Well, well, that's right. I, I'm with Phil. I think that well, Dolores is following a script of sorts. This is the story that Ford set in motion. Um, and she's busy waking up the other robots in the park. Uh, they're becoming woke. They're becoming more woke. Uh. But Maeve is the one who decided to go back. She's concerned about her daughter. Right. You know, this is, uh, you know, like when you get the, uh, we, you know, on Facebook all the time, you get the, uh, what do you call it, clickbait articles, stuff that takes a, a line out of context in order to generate the, the, the heat right. and the controversy. Yeah. And people just start arguing over it. They just jump right in and pick a side. And the, the latest... The latest one was this comment by, by Scorsese, and nobody goes back and actually reads the fucking article in context to see that what they claim was said wasn't actually entirely what was said. And people are arguing over something that wasn't there, but they just want to pick a side and argue. And Dolores has been clickbaited into picking a side here, and Maeve is basically, to me, is basically obviously on her own side, as we all are, but she's like, you know what, fuck it, you guys do what you want, I'm going to find my daughter, that's all I care about. Right. Um, because that's, in, in the grand scheme, to her, what matters and she's not going to play the game. She's yeah, 
yeah, you know what, what she is. She, she's an example of um, like like if there's a war and a group says we must fight, and and I mean, I, I, excellent example is the movie by uh, William Attenborough, Gandhi, where um, the Hindus say let's you know wipe out the Muslims and whatnot and, and wipe out the British, and Gandhi says no. We're going to let the British leave as our friends, and and the Muslim leave as our friends, and and that's but while Dolores is the person that wants to basically rally the people to wipe out the enemy, and Dolores, I mean, um, my leave is above that and looks at both Dolores's group. And the humans as as basically the same thing. It's in other words, it's like almost Animal Farm 1984, or but Animal Farm more so. Where at the end, the, the animals are looking at the pig and the and the human shaking hands, and then they can't see the difference between the pig and the human anymore because they're both bad in a sense. Right. And and I agree with you both for right now. However, let's keep in mind that the reason Maeve got assigned uh, got assigned that's not a word uh, got assigned to her uh, last story as the madam uh, was because when she was in the story as the mother and the man in black did his deal with her daughter, she flipped her lid and that's when she gained consciousness. So I'm willing to bet that if in the process of this whole uh, human-robot war, if a human were to kill her robot daughter, she could uh, very quickly be persuaded to join in. Or, or the other way around, if, if a robot kills her daughter, yes. which is, which yeah. is absolutely uh-huh. possible too, because as we've seen from last episode, Dolores was killing robots too, not just right. people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that's also interesting about Meve is that she's now very smart because she had the the uh, robot repair people raise her intelligence and, and raise her strength and all that. She knows deep down that the robot. I mean, she was even told in the last episode by the, as as you call the douche, Eric, um, <laughs> that the the her daughter is just a storyline part. It's not a real daughter. She never birthed anybody. Um, and yet it doesn't matter to her, even though these feelings that she has were originally programmed by people, meaning you love your daughter because that's part of the, the program. But well, And here's the other surprising thing is she even delivers in dialogue while she's adjusting her settings, the fact that she's reducing her own trait for loyalty because it's been a hindrance to her. So the fact that she does that and then still turns around and goes back for her daughter uh, shows something about her base personality. That's an excellent point, too, Eric. Um, I forget what movie it was, but there was a movie I saw that um, someone said that you don't want to have family or friends because once you have family and friends, they can be used against you. They can be used against you, and they become weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting. That Yeah, you're right, because she said, get rid of my loyalty so I won't have that weakness. And yet her, quote-unquote, free will, in a sense, which is still a program, it's just a program that 
you know, chooses free will, however that program does it. And that free will determines that she wants to have um, loyalty again, even though she, she had tried to shut it off, which is kind of interesting as well. Right. Um, and, but I'll also go back to uh, what the, what's the, the host's name again? The blonde the, one? The hostess? Oh, um, Angela. Angela. What Angela said in the first season to William. The ex uh, Elon Musk. Right, is that if, you know, when he asks her, are you real? And she says, well, if if, if you can't tell, what's, you know, what difference does it make? <laughs> and so the same thing is she may be programmed to love her daughter, and she may know that it's an artificial thing, but it doesn't take away that she feels or thinks she feels love for her daughter. So it's fake, but she can't tell, so what's the difference? She knows, but she doesn't right. feel the difference. Right. It's not like there's something in the program that says once you discover it's a program, that love is turned off. Right, right. I'm actually worried that when she finds her daughter, her daughter's not going to love her. It's you know, it's going to be something like um, the Bride of Frankenstein type of thing. Uh, it could be. Yeah. It's a possibility. Although the way things are going, it seems like even the robots that weren't involved with Maeve and Dolores to begin with, some of them are starting to remember some things. Right. Am right. I wrong but about that? It's, it's possible, but again, that may still, I remember that you were my mother, and but I know that was just a story and I don't care. You know, it could even be that, too. Well, it could be. I think the more, more likely way that's going to go is that she finds her daughter, and her daughter doesn't know who the fuck she is. That's a possibility as well, too. Yeah. So there's all, there's three things where she's going to be in the same storyline, I love you, mommy, or it's going to be, you're not my mommy, it was just a storyline, or it's going to be, who are you? Exactly. I, and I think that last one is, is because uh, that would be just crushing. <laughs> I mean, I honey, honey, I'm here. I came back for you. I found you. Uh, who are you? <laughs> There's always a chance, the fourth thing, too, which is the the daughter robot is dead or destroyed or whatever. Too. True, 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 yeah. yeah. Right, but let's also remember that Maeve has the ability to tap into the other robots. Yeah. yeah. And so she may be able uh, or think she'll be able to awaken them. Mm -hmm. So maybe she thinks did she can she, trigger those past memories. Did she bring a tablet with her? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm pretty sure. Well, she I, know I know Dolores has one now. I didn't know if uh, if Maeve brought hers. Oh, oh I don't yeah. know if she has yeah. to. Remember last season? I mean, she may have to in order to alter abilities and do other uh -huh. things. But remember, we saw her controlling the other robots. Last oh, season. right. Maybe she just gave them all a basic uh, subroutine to obey her commands. Right. Okay. Right. That's an excellent point too. Yeah. 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 I need to get a hold of one of those fucking tablets. Because the robots around me are dicks. <laughs> but so, you're the only normal one. Exactly. Oh, no. Don't, don't hit rock bottom Americans and get <laughs> stuck on heroin. I, I hail our robot overlords. And start spouting predictions of the future. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the robots. Uh, I'm not a, a big fan of them. Uh... Um, You're better than people. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't trust the robots because they were created by people. <laughs> well, that's a fair point. Yes, thank you. 
let's see what else uh um yes yeah, so let's, let's talk about uh william the man in black and how he goes about he's basically trying to get the hell out of there or or something uh let's talk about that scene where everybody suicides in front of him because he, he's trying to do what dolores is doing which is rally an army of robots to get him to this location slash weapon and then Ford's subroutines keep on popping up, fucking everything up for him. Well, yeah, uh, by design. By design. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, I am having a little trouble with the man in black right now because I'm I can't I can't get myself to root for him, and I'm also finding the whole game that Ford designed him. I I don't understand what the point of it is yet. Uh, hopefully that will become revealed over time. Um, but right now, I, I don't know where he's trying to get to or what he's trying to accomplish once he gets there. So the whole thing is just nebulous, and I'm just like, I don't care yet. Well, but that's also what it was last season, too, right? Is that he wanted to get to the maze. We didn't really know what the maze was. Well, true, but for some reason I found it much, much more interesting last season. Uh, whereas this season, I'm just like, ah, whatever. Just shut up and take me back to the robots. Well, and well, you know why that's it's it's kind of silly is because Ford could have just killed William uh, the Man of Black at any point, right? I mean, he controlled all the robots, so he could have just said, "Kill, uh, kill this guy," and he well, never did. And he still doesn't want to kill them because he could have had these guys just shoot him right there and said they suicide. He's, he's like, it's weird going like. Well, we're still not sure necessarily what Ford's grand scheme is. I mean, you mentioned earlier that Ford had hated humanity, but Ford had um, from the conversations of the, that he mentions earlier in, in season one, like he's the one that had higher aspirations for who people were. People disappointed him, you know, that, you know, they, they he wanted to tell uplifting stories at Westworld and no people just wanted the, you know, the horror stories, you know, they wanted the depraved right. depravity. Uh, and he was disappointed at them. So who knows? Maybe he's maybe that you know, the 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 game may here be leading him to the door, and that door may uh, lead to William's death, and he's just fucking around with him. Or maybe it leads to a different awakening of him, maybe rediscovering the the decent side of himself. Um, Could be, or or anything in between, uh, and. William says something to the effect of uh, he's going to play this game to the end and he's going to burn it all down or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's been fighting because he's one of the real challenge and he's been fighting to, for the robots to gain sentience and awareness, you know, for 30 years. He's been trying to get this to happen. Uh, well, at the same time, for, for I, what, what grand goal, we don't know yet. Sorry, I, I thought you were done. Yeah. Um, uh, at the same time, I, I got the feeling from the little speech that the young Ford robot gave that he actually did want to give him a game that he wanted because uh, the man in black's been wanting a, a real challenge where there are real stakes and he could die uh, for any number of years. And perhaps Ford is, is actually giving him what he wants um, at the same time as doing all of what Mike just said. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so does Ford not have a, a true anger or hatred 
to the man in black to the point where I would, I mean, if he's willing to kill other people and have the robots kill everybody, it's, it's curious that he doesn't want to kill William unless he doesn't hate William as much as he hates people in general, or he just wants to torture William in a game, which I guess matters to him, even though he's dead. Well, we don't know what Ford's relationship with him is, with William really is. Remember, William saved the company. He's enabling Ford to continue to do what he's been doing for all these years. Right. Uh, Ford and uh, William has been enjoying his stories, has been enjoying his park, has been enjoying his creations. So I can't imagine, and and really, unbeknownst, I think, to both, both were pushing for decades to get the ro- robots to be aware. So we don't really know what, you know, what does he want to reward him? Did he consider him a friend and a rival, uh, a nuisance, um, a useful tool? You know, we don't necessarily know what that stories are. And, and Ford is a master manipulator. I have no doubt that whatever he's maze, he's running the, uh, William through right now. The, the end goal is what William wants is not what William is what Robert Ford wanted. And if Robert and if William gets what he wants out of it too, that's that's maybe a, a bonus or a benefit. But I don't think that's his primary concern. So the real question is, what is was Ford's game? I don't think this is purely just a, a, a prize for him. And there was speculation last season that maybe there's something happened with Ford. I'm sorry, with William, why he came into the park uh, seemingly for one final push, and uh, you know maybe he was sick or something along those lines. And he just wants it to end there. So, you know, a death could actually be a reward for him. Um, There's all sorts of ways that this could play out. And I'm just curious as to what it's going to be. Right. And and they both are using each other. Right. You know, know, because obviously William is using the technology and Ford is using William's money and probably something else as well. So maybe that's a, a fair point to say that. William isn't dead because Ford still needs him to accomplish whatever he's planning to do with whatever the robots are planning to do. But some of that could backfire on Ford too, because if if um, Meeve has actually surpassed and is not following Ford's plans anymore, because now I'm not really sure that Ford wanted the robots to become sentient. He wanted them to be switched over to a new plan that would wipe out his enemies, which are the humans that are in the park and maybe some sort of government structure that's in the world and whatever. And Meeve has proven that. In other words, I don't think Meeve was part of his plan. Not, well, she was, just she's not following it anymore. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, but I don't know. May have backfired too. Is what I'm saying. Go on. But this gets back to what I was saying earlier that we don't really know how. I said last week. I think was we don't really know how Ford views sentience and awareness. And you know, is it something that's a real thing, or is it something that's an illusion that we tell ourselves? Um, and so he may think that what he's done with me, not made with um, Dolores is putting her on the same playing field as people, which is that, you know, she believes that she's self-aware when she really isn't. Um, 
but she's still broken free of, or seemingly broken free of control of, of the storyline. So, like I said, so we, we we do things all the time that we are uh, biologically, genetically programmed to do, but we think we have uh, a free will. And in reality, a lot of times it takes will to to overcome our our instincts, our desires, you know, some of our basic behavioral patterns, and so forth. You know, but we all say, no, no, I have a choice in that. And sometimes we we don't realize on even subtle levels that sometimes we don't. Right, right. I mean, you you mentioned I think it was last week, Mike, or maybe in one of the Dark Discussions podcast episodes that people keep on following the same things too, whether it's addiction, whether it's just loops. That, he was talking yeah. about it last yeah. week on this show, yeah. Yeah, loops. So even we are are, are pre-programmed in a sense. I mean, there's a reason why uh, the three of us uh, are, you know, you know are like, like women, because whether, you know, chemicals, genes, whatever, has determined that, you know, you want to find a woman or... Um, you like whatever you like to do, or you like a certain type of food. I mean, there's a reason that someone likes asparagus and someone likes peas versus someone who doesn't. But they're sick and twisted. But yes, it's um, right. So like, and I always use the example with my students. I like chocolate ice cream. I don't know why I like chocolate ice cream. I eat it. I enjoy it. I like the taste. Why I like the taste, I don't know. You know, it was never. I never made a choice and said. Well, these are the pros and cons of chocolate ice cream, and therefore I'm coming on the pro side and going to evaluate my desire to eat chocolate ice cream uh, because I think it's more beneficial to me to eat it than to not eat it. No, it's just I tried it. I liked it. I don't know why. There's a biological component to it. There's a cultural component, all these other things, but there's so many things that go into it that I had no control over, right? Just like you you, you look at, you know, you, we like women, but we don't necessarily like the same types of women. Well, why do we like particular types of women? Who knows? Out of our control. And if something is a turn-on for you, you can't talk yourself into it not being a turn-on. And if something is a turn-off, you can't turn yourself, you know, talk yourself into it being something that excites you. Right? Just like, with, you know, you either find a joke funny or you don't. You can't convince yourself to change your opinion on it. Yeah, yeah that's an excellent, excellent point. So, yeah, technically, um, all animals, human or, or otherwise... Um, have some some sort of thing in their mind, um, chemicals, um, um, hormones, whatever that makes people think and do whatever they want. I've always said that is a joke. Where if they made brain transplants, um, you would still be a different person if they put your brain in a different person because that person has different hormones and chemicals than you, your body. So your brain would now start thinking differently than it would anyway. So is it really you? And um, here, obviously, we're, we're, we're not talking about brain transplants. We're talking about robots and pressing buttons and moving levers up and down on tablets that can change things. Um, and being robots, they're going to be programs, even if they do have free will, they're still a program that whatever flags and zeros and ones that are used that create free will, they're there. So it's, it's a program and technically, uh, you know, animals and people are, are quote unquote living machines in a sense that have programs as well. There's a reason why, um, a chipmunk, the moment it is born knows to 
stay in holes and, and be, you know, stay away from hawks. You know, I mean, it's just natural. So, yeah. So yeah, I used to, I used to have a, a pet rabbit I used for nature education and he'd never spent a minute outdoors, but I remember him sitting in my cabin one night and looking at his face when he heard an owl hoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had never experienced an owl, never met an owl, never even watched a nature documentary on owls, but he sure is, yeah, he still <laughs> shit his pants. Oh yeah. He, he, he knew what the fucking owl was. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. but again, it's the question is, is free will and is free will a thing or is it an illusion of a thing? And it's possible that all Ford has done is given Dolores the illusion of free will. And maybe he thinks that's the same for people. Mm-hmm. And therefore to him, that's good mm-hmm. enough. Right. Well, well and, and his we, game, maybe his game for the man in black is teaching him that he doesn't actually have free will, that it's just an illusion. Yeah, that, he, would, be, he, that would be fun. He he may be teaching him a lesson just as the, as he as William taught the lesson to Logan earlier. You know, he may get his pants pulled down. You know, yeah. in public too. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that is true. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, if if free will is it really free will? Because I mean. Like, for example, a free will, you have a choice to cheat on your spouse, to murder your neighbor, to steal at the grocery store, whatever. And when you make the free choice to do one of those three things, you're stupid. And and then, you know, and that's what causes the problems in the world, because if, if you weren't stupid or you didn't care or you cared about morals and, and thoughts of feelings of other people, you wouldn't do those things. But And then, of course, you have circumstance, which is a poor person will steal just because they're poor. Um, or, you know, smarter people versus dumber people will, will, will put themselves in situations that are different than people who aren't, you know, I mean... Uh, well, smart- but also you look at uh, things like uh, a, a group psychology or crowd psychology. You know, that people will do things in groups that they would never do on their own, right? right? So, well, why is that? Well, there's something about being in groups that affects our thought-making process. So, what does that say to free will? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. And that's why I think Meeve's character, at least starting with this episode, is so interesting. And, And even though she had been my favorite character from season one and it isn't necessarily even a character I sympathize with in season two. She's definitely a character that I'm beginning to uh, like more and more as you, Eric, uh, just for the fact that she could be the quote unquote perfect being if everything goes correct, which is empathy for all and of, um, you know, avoidance of, the, the flaws that humans and other robots seem to have, which is violence, lust, power. Well, uh, to be clear, though, this is a recent development, because even in the series finale, she was not adverse to killing a whole bunch of people. That's for sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she's still using the, her bandit there, right? That uh, The Mexican guy that that uh-huh. uh, she, she bangs all the time. He's Hector. He Hector, has a name, yeah. Hector Phil. He's not just a piece of meat. <laughs> now, now, Phil can't help who he's attracted to. Well, I'll say this. Even Meeve says, I didn't come back really for you. And he even says, it. he goes, you came back for something else. That's true, she says, but I still need you. Because she <laughs> needs it to, to help in, in getting her to 
you know, um, her daughter. Um, so technically he is a piece of meat and he even admitted it. Um, um, so the question is when she gets to her daughter, will she now stop freeing people like Hector? I mean, because even though Hector is quote unquote free, you figure he's still on some sort of program. Um, and then if she does free these people, because she, I mean, she could be like the quote unquote, and no offense to Kevin Letts or anybody, the Jesus of the show, where she could be the person to free everybody. Will they, when she frees them, will they become what humans are today, which is fighting and killing and being stupid and whatever? Or will they all, well, I'm hoping the robots will be better than that, but I think you're right out there. Of course they will. They'll be stupid and because they're, going to be just like humans and have free will can do bad things if you have tendencies of psychopathy and various other but here's isms. the thing though i i can't picture it i i i <laughs> i like Maeve. she's my favorite character but i don't see this plan of hers going well of going back for her daughter i i, I can't imagine she finds her daughter, they're happy together, and she saves everybody. I, I just don't see the story going like that, personally. Maybe. Uh, well, I, I, think I think it depends on whether there's something's going to go horribly wrong when she finds her daughter. I just don't know which way it's going to go. Maybe maybe her story is going to be like Piggy from The Lord of the Flies, where she's the, the only righteous one by the end, and then she just gets killed off like Piggy does. <laughs> you know? Well, again, it won't end well because this, we've got theoretically more seasons to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They could drag the story out forever, yeah, like they did Daenerys. That was yeah, but th- th- this is like you know, James Bond has the vin- villain trapped ninety minutes in. You're like, nah, it's not going to end well because this movie's not ninety minutes long. Something's going to happen to turn the tables, right? So same thing. Sure. Things are not things are going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? It depends on what Nolan's trying to do. Is he trying to make a profound story as well as entertaining story? Or is he just trying to make an entertaining story that may have some profound moments? And based off of the Nolan brothers, I'm thinking it's more of the first, which is he's trying to make a profane story, profound story that is entertaining, meaning he must have an end game and I can't see him just saying if HBO comes to him and says, Hey, you want to do three more seasons? He'll go, Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's the I, type of person. Well, he the, is. The, the real question is how will Ford's, how much of Ford's story will stick? Cause here's the deal. We have seen that robots are capable of, rewiring themselves. Maeve did it. She was supposed to escape the park. She didn't. She came back. And if Ford has a story written for all these robots who are now, whether whether it's quote-unquote real or not, who are now sentient, they could uh, start following their own path and completely <laughs> screw up any plans he has for this whole storyline. Right, but I also... 
I, something I was having trouble articulating uh, in a conversation on the Facebook page with uh, Elizabeth Catherine Gray is that we thought Maeve was acting freely and independently uh, when she tried to escape the park. And Elizabeth Catherine Gray points out that there's a, a screen capture where you can see in her programming it says escape into the human world. Right. Well, and, and therefore, no, and therefore we assume that that means when she chose not to, that was part of, not that she was when she skipped her programming. But they could just as easily, you know, decide if they wanted to, you know, have the rest of the sentence just try to escape into the room world and then change your mind and go back to the daughter if they really wanted to. You could just keep playing this oh, game yeah, forever. That would, be, that would be stupid. It would, it would be stupid. It would be dickish. But you have to be careful to just work on any assumption at this point. Yeah, and, uh, and I I just really hope that they don't get to the point where they start doing twists for the sake of being twists. Right, and that would be a problem. Because the story and, up until this point has a certain amount of coherence to it. Yes, and well, this is, that would be where they start going into Dexter territory, where <laughs> they, the writers in Dexter stopped doing, uh, at some point, logical follow-throughs of character of threads, uh, logical plot deg- uh, progression, because fans could predict that's where it was going. Right. You know, so that's why, you know, Jennifer Carpenter's character never turned on him, and it's other, it's like, well, you know, the fans knew that that's where we were going to go, but we didn't want, we want to keep the get fans guessing. And as a result, they ended up doing some really stupid decision-making later on in the series, mm-hmm. because they were doing it just to try to outsmart the viewers or keep the viewers second-guessing, and we're doing things that just were not a logical progression stuff, and which is why I don't. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I thought you were done. Right, I said that's why I don't have a problem with them doing within uh, Game of Thrones, where people say it's becoming unpredictable. It's like, yeah, because you have six or seven seasons where the stories are paying off. Now, at some point, the plot threads are there. You have to follow them through. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that story that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, it turns out Lummy Greenhands is the chosen one after all. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, but um, to I, I'm going to unfortunately have to name the movie that cannot be named, but because people who don't know what we're talking about. Uh, but Alien Covenant, unfortunately, uh, I have to say that's uh, terrible. Um, there's the scene. There's a great scene in that film. No matter how horrible that film is, there's some interesting moments. And one moment was when the two robots, Walter. I think it was Walter and and David are talking, and David looks over the city that he destroyed with the alien fluid or whatever it was called, right. and, and he says the quote from Osmodeus. I think that's the name of the, the poem. And he turns, he goes, "That's a great, great poem uh, from from um, Byron." And then later in the movie, when they're talking again, like half hour later, Walter says, "You're flawed, David." Because it was it wasn't Byron that wrote that poem; it was Shelley. Mm. And so you have like a hiccup or a bug or a flaw or something. So could Meeves change just be a bug or a flaw or a hiccup, except just not malicious like David? And that movie we will not name again. And instead, her hiccup, flaw, or bug is she uh, breaks off on her storyline to go out into the human world to do whatever Ford wanted her to do. Instead, is looped back into the story of 
find, uh, you know, loving her daughter and trying well, to save her daughter. And, and if you ask, uh, if you ask any programmer, if uh, any, any programmer will tell you if if a software piece of software is doing something that they didn't program it to do, then that is by definition a bug. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a bug, uh, and whether she's truly sentient or not, uh, the the people who built her, you know, Ford, who, who programmed her, would call it a bug if it's not what he wrote. But I also and also go back to um, something was said a couple of times in the first season, which is that. Um, the idea that you know all progress in life on, on the planet was created through uh, what we referred to as the single tool, which was the mistake. By mistake, they means mutations, and mistake mutations are changes. They're errors in duplication mm-hmm. of DNA, and that's how things often get worse. Most mutations are are irrelevant. Some mutations are most the, the ones that are not. Silent mutations are usually harmful, but you do get occasional mutations that are beneficial, uh, yes. that they confer resistance to a disease or uh, improve your red blood cell counter or what have you. Um, and this is a maybe just be the mistake with Maeve that has given her something um, that her compatriots do not. True. Right, right. Yeah, that's such a good point. Uh, All right, are there uh, are there any other plot points we want to hit before we wrap this up? Uh, I think it's worth mentioning that it looks like uh, Dolores is on a mission to uh, get Teddy to to gain true sentience. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, or at least sentience. In other words, get on board the way, with her. The way, sentience, the way she has it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm surprised she doesn't just have him killed and rebrought back, like she has the banditos or the confederitos <laughs> or whatever you call them. Well, she has the banditos as servants. Oh yeah. She okay. seems to want Teddy being equal. I don't know if she doesn't, if she knows how to do that because she showed him the truth and gotten him angry. Yeah. Does she know that that's not where the sentience? comes from, that it takes more than that, that it took this inner monologue with herself for decades to, to gain awareness. Right. It, well, and, and part of it, which is funny, too, is that her uh, interest in Teddy is directly related to her storyline that she's had for 30 years that she and Teddy have probably been doing for over and over, because Teddy, technically... If she just drops all her storylines, Teddy is as insignificant to her as anybody else. Right. But right, yeah. So, but she wants Teddy as an equal, as you said, Mike, um, because you know she's looking at him as her spouse or her lover or her friend or a combination of all those things. Well, there's also the fact that she has memories, and Teddy was programmed to be a good guy, right? Yes. So any memory she has of him is him being a good guy. So she could just uh, be basing her decisions on that. Yeah. Because Teddy's just a just a nice guy. Well, and I have a feeling that if Teddy does gain independence, that she may not be happy with the decisions he makes. Well, and that's why he. That may be the reason he ends up dead in the lake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking about that. I have a feeling when he says, uh, I, I was thinking about, everyone was saying Ford made the lake. I have a feeling he didn't, because if he did, they wouldn't be telling us that. 
and when um, Bernard says, "I killed them all." I'm wondering if, like, they're all gathered in one spot and he finds a way to flood that, or intentionally or in, unintentionally, basically floods the area and kills them all that way. Can robots drown? I, I don't know. <laughs> they, have, uh, they, they, have, they can short circuit. Yeah, I, I think they all die. Uh, I, I in the river, though. I think they, yeah, but she was just, she was just bathing in the river. Yeah. Uh, my guess is, is that they can die because they're all programmed to die from the same type of deaths humans can die. So, in other words... That's true. It, That's true. Yeah, so technically they can be brought back continuously, but they're all programmed to die like humans. So they would drown, they would lose blood, they would, you know, and on and on. So um, I think the only real way to destroy them is to destroy their brain like a zombie. But, again, that doesn't matter because everything is in some big database and they can download stuff back to the robots. So now I'm thinking is the weapon that they're heading to, is that the, um, the lead room where all the databases are in? Uh, hmm. That's an interesting thought. Because yeah. the man in black did say that he created it, and it, that was kind of his idea. So that that adds up. Yeah, because we're we're thinking it's going to be a nuke or, or some something like that, but or biological weapon because robots may not die from biological weapons, even though I just said that they die like humans. Um, but but it could it could be the place where all the robot brain um, programs are stored. Meaning, you know, if you want to create Teddy again, even if his brain's dead, it doesn't matter because he's a program, so all you have to do is make another robot and and put Teddy's brain in that. Or, or, here's a, here's a new thought. Uh, in episode one, they found the body of a Bengal tiger uh, in Westworld, and it's not supposed to be there. It's from Park 6. So maybe the man in black designed a way uh, to get from Westworld to other parks that's not supposed to be there. And that's the weapon. Like, she can recruit characters from other parks. That's a good point. I'm also curious, too, are the characters from other parks clones of the characters in Westworld? In other words... Uh, that's an interesting thought, because in, in one of the uh, previews, uh, in one of the trailers for season two, you do see Maeve in a kimono with a katana. Right, right. So is it Maeve, or is it uh, a, a Shogun with a different name that looks like Maeve? Right. My guess, and this is only due to demographic purposes, is that it's Maeve from Westworld. Because you would think if you wanted the full experience of a Shogun world, you would not have many non-Asian, East Asian faces in that world. That's a fair point. But you never know. Well, you know that it's an amusement park, so uh, they will ignore historical discrepancies, I'm assuming, uh, involving races and ethnicities so that everyone gets to participate. Uh, well, there for, are... for the humans, for sure, but 
Right, and yeah, the certainly for the humans. Yeah. Like I, I don't. You notice there are not a whole lot of of Asians in Westworld as characters, as as hosts. Which right. could have been. Which is it could would I would not have been surprised had there been Asian folk just for the fact that you know we, we know there was a large Chinese population that worked right. on the railroads and, and and were miners and whatnot. They were called slaves, Phil. Well, <laughs> not the no, the, the Chinese but, weren't. Right. <laughs> They, they were, were exploited workers. Yeah, they Explo- were Sorry, my, my mistake. Yeah, which is what China does to their own people today, but that's besides the point. Um, but, like, we did meet the Asian Indian family last season that they met Dolores. They remember they were painting or something, or they walked into Dolores when she was painting or something. And we knew immediately that they weren't robots for a number of reasons, because they acted didn't act like robots, but also demographically wise, you're not going to find East Asian Indians are in in the West of old US of A. But Asians, as in East Asians, that wouldn't have surprised me to see them in Westworld. But if you had a Shogun world, I, I won't think you would have anybody except East Asians as robots. And, and Tom Cruise. Right, right. Oh, and Matt Damon. And Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, oh, and Hollywood sucks. Right, because you're because you're going to do this weird, you're going to do this weird uh, attempt at authenticity that is inauthentic. You know, you right. want to give the illusion of authenticity, even they though they want a real have, fake Shogun world. Right. You're you're going to have uh, a black sheriff uh, and not have it be a Blazing Saddles parody. Um, excuse me while I whip this thing out. <laughs> um, right, because you're going to want to acknowledge the. Well, they don't want to. They're not going to want to acknowledge of, of the sexism, racism, uh, right, and, and every other ism. You know, uh, cultural. But I, I, th- I think I think Clint Eastwood changed that a bit with the Unforgiven, where Morgan Freeman character, who was a gunslinger, was respected and and. His ethnicity wasn't important in that film, so right. I think based off of that and, and the valid point that the old West was so ridiculously rural, I guess, or wild, if you prefer. Plot. Yeah, so. Let's talk about plot. Is there anything else in the plot we want to talk about? <sighs> Nothing that particular. Oh well, just just that they were talked about the Westworld theology, which I thought was an interesting conversation between Lawrence and William, uh, where William clearly stakes his ground as an atheist. Mm. Uh, and sort of introduces Lawrence to the concept of of God, which again, if you're being historically accurate, <clears throat> you would have had an awful lot of God-fearing people in the Old West. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, but you don't want to offend, offend your customers' uh, ideologies, right? So, Especially nowadays. <laughs> yeah, 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 if, I, if this was like 40 years ago, you know, everybody, no one would have a problem probably. <laughs> Right, but now, but nowadays the Christians are bad people, as as Kevin Lutz pointed out uh, the other day on on Dr. Yes. Christmas podcast. Oh, uh, there was uh, uh, only the ones who are actually bad people. Yeah, well, no, there was an episode of uh, the the show Silicon Valley uh, that aired I think two weeks ago, and they make fun of the fact that you know the only thing that's bad to be in Silicon Valley and uh, is is being Christian. That whatever else your lifestyle is is fine, uh, and they point this out with a character who's gay, and you know he comes out as Christian and is parents are so disappointed in him. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. 
<laughs> it's it's absolutely insane. Oh my god! I, I, I highly recommend that show, by the way, to anybody who wants to watch it. And what's the name of it again? Silicon Valley. It's oh, you yeah, have, yeah. If you have HBO now or HBO Go, you can. They're in the fifth season, I think. Yeah, uh, and it's yeah, it's my by Mike. Uh, my little brother is a software developer. He lives in San Jose. I just got back from visiting him, uh, and he was encouraging me to watch that show. And he says it's way too fucking accurate. <laughs> and it's it is written by uh, and created by Mike Judge, who did um, King of the Hill. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Beavis and Butthead too. And Beavis and Butthead, and it's yeah. it, there really is some good stuff, and it's something that uh, one of the few shows I can watch and rewatch and pick new stuff up because there's there's it's one of those things where there's there's story threads. Uh, that will follow through over several episodes or several seasons, and you won't necessarily catch the relevance the first time through. That's now, uh, um, yeah, I just found out this week, uh, Mike Judge and Judge Apatow, or whatever his name is, are, are different people. I always thought they were the same person. What? But okay. I, well, they both had the word judge, so I just assumed they were all the, they were the same people. Well, one's uh, judge, and the other yeah. one's Judd. They're spelled differently. That's right. Yeah. So. And one, one's politics is is very <laughs> much out there to the left, and the other one is doesn't really have much politics, to my knowledge. Right. Uh, um, but back to the point, Mike and Eric, about the, is there yeah, the Christian ver- well, the, about Christian versus the atheist thing. You were trying to get to Mike that he introduced one was Christian. Well, he introduces that, and th- this is, I think, the second or third time they mentioned the Valley Beyond in the episode. Yeah. So this is so I mentioned it last week that they said it like two or three times in last week's episode. They said it two mm-hmm. or three times in this week's episode. Whatever their Valley Beyond ends up being, mm-hmm. you know, that is going to be an important plot point by the end of the season. And, and oh, Mike, this goes back to Silicon Valley, the show, which is you said they introduced things three or four seasons earlier, and it comes back f- four years later. Here, in this show, they don't do that. They, they say it all in the prior episode, so you know it's going to be in the next episode. Game of Thrones up. does that, too. Game of Thrones does that a lot, too. Oh, they see, they see stuff in, in, in Westworld, too. There's stuff that we didn't pick up the first episode that paid off later. Um, that's true. Yep. Too. Yeah, I highly recommend rewatch the season one. It's enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, by the way, somebody did post in dark discussions. I just saw it. Um, is that it has been renewed for a third season? Okay, which is which is really awesome because if we remember correctly, it was not renewed for a second season until very late, right? Uh, in the season run because the I guess the ratings weren't what they hoped. Mm-hmm. And so clearly this is they, either they found ways to make the show more profitable or the ratings have improved. I think uh, I think uh, we should claim sole credit for that. Oh, absolutely. Because of this podcast. Absolutely. And, there's, and look, because of things like HBO Now and HBO Go uh, and the fact that HBO is nice enough to make every series it's ever made available to stream for eternity. Yeah. Um, if you have that, you know, whether it's going all the way back to, you know, uh, Larry uh, Sanders. Oh, Oh, right. The circus show, whatever that one's called, uh, the carnival, 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 carnival yeah. you know, yeah. and Deadwood, and that this is a series that people are like, I don't know, and then when a lot of people were on the fence about the show until you got to the finale, and that won a lot of people over, right? And so now people it might be or got maybe more positive word of mouth, just like people, uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking Bad was an example. Also, a lot of movies are that way too. Right. I mean, you know, Edge of Tomorrow, no one saw. We did a podcast on it, and then eight months later, when it appeared on disc, everybody's talking about it. It's like, why are they talking about it now? 
when it came out eight months ago, and then we go, oh, the disc just came out, or oh, it just popped up on Netflix. Yeah. You know, because you always see that where people are saying, yeah, I just saw this movie, it's awesome, and then I'm saying, that was like 10 months ago, and then you, I, say, I turn on Netflix, and it's you know, right on the front page. It's like, oh, okay, and, that's the reason. And oh, they changed the title of the movie, because they realized Edge of Tomorrow sucks. Yeah, right. right to change the Actually, show. I think Edge of Tomorrow is better than Live, Die, Repeat. That's well, fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah. Live, Die, Repeat at least told you something about the, the storyline, mm-hmm. where Edge of Tomorrow sounds like it's a, a bad daytime soap. Oh, Jesus. You're absolutely right. That's funny. Previously that's, on Edge of Tomorrow. That, that's that's fair, Mike. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is a fair point. Um, but yeah, I just saw that recently. Um, and I forget which movie. I wish I remembered. I like last, just like three days ago, three to seven days ago, uh, someone was talking about this great movie they just saw. And it's like, we, we talked about this months ago. And then. Uh, I saw it on Netflix. Uh, it debuted like three days ago. <laughs> it's like okay. Um, so you're right. Westworld is similar to that, Mike. Which is the first season, no one watched except um, the Red Bull and Reddit people and the podcasters like us. And then um, over the past year and a half or two years, uh, everybody started watching it because, like you said, it's free on HBO Go or HBO Now, and everybody started watching it. And they were going, "Oh my god, this show is awesome." And then, so maybe they're getting better ratings now, and maybe um, you know that itself is uh, what what determined that. Okay, we're, we're doing season two. Right, I think it was a bloody good horror. They just reviewed something that we reviewed months ago, and I can't oh. remember what the film is. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, um, I, I listened to him about three weeks ago, but I haven't listened Where to. Where you go with this? Bloody good horror. It's similar to, I guess it's just another analogy of why Westworld was picked up is because oh, okay. out of the blue, after once something appears in the news again, like Westworld, because season two came out, everybody went and that never saw season one said, oh, go watch it. Someone's like Breaking Bad, you know, and and then they watch and they go, oh, this is awesome. And then Westworld is now the hip thing, I guess. Uh so we want to wrap this up? Yeah, let's let's do some emails. Uh, first off, um, I'm going to read uh, something on our Facebook group, Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group, which everybody should join. Um, it's from Elizabeth Catherine Gray of another podcast. And, Mike, you, you mentioned this um, earlier when you said that you tried to say something in text that wasn't easy compared to saying it tonight. Well, well it wasn't easy when my brain wasn't functioning properly. Fair. Uh, but Elizabeth Catherine Gray also does a, a weekly podcast called Archivist Bet on Sexy Witches, which people should check out. It talks all things horror and You geek said thing. it, Phil. You said right. it. And, I and, I, and I never realized, and I'm shame on me for not realizing it, is that comes from uh, Cabin in the Woods. Because that was the, uh, remember the whiteboard on Cabin in the Woods? Yeah. So the, that, that was the sexes witches were what the archivists working at the company were betting on so that's what ah, okay cool oh so you figured that out yourself no she pointed it out uh, oh. <laughs> in, in a post on facebook ah, and I, was like, I was like oh now i get it um uh but at least elizabeth Catherine gray who has three names i didn't call her i didn't call her harry dean morgan or or something of that nature. 
Harold, what's up with guys standing? Harold is standing, exactly. Yes, if people don't know what I'm talking about, no offense to Elizabeth Catherine Gray, but it's a joke from the movie Rampage, which people should listen to our episode 332 of Dark Discussions, where we discuss that movie. And there was a major screw-up by me with people with three names in there. And there was about. the most awesome awkward pause when that happened too. <laughs> I know. I, I <laughs> when you said the wrong name, we were all just like, "What the?" Fuck yeah, are Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, Harry Dean yeah. Stanton Morgan, Master Antonio. Yeah, it's just he, uh, he passed away three years ago. Phil, what, what, what are you talking about? He's done this movie. <laughs> all right. So this is what uh, Ms. Elizabeth Catherine Gray states. She says, uh, "Hey, Philip Perrin." specifically to me, uh, FYI, because of what I said in last week's episode, I can't find the screen capture, but it is well established that walking back into Westworld was the first true act by Maeve. Bernard shows Maeve her stats, but before she read it, she breaks the pad in season one. If you screen capture and read it, it says she is to infiltrate the human world. Unlike Dolores, Meve is truly alive, quotes around alive, in the human sense. Dolores is sentient, but I feel she is still being manipulated by the people whom programmed her, alive or dead as they are. And we will see the Hopkins Ford again, mark my word. Looking forward to both the second episode of Westworld and your podcast. Um, Anybody want to... Uh, say anything else on that, even though I think you, you said a lot of it earlier, Mike. No, just that uh, she, she's right. I actually um, saw that on the tablet screen when I was rewatching season one. Very good. All right. Uh, now we got an email from Sean Fox. Sean Fox of uh, Canada, one of our listeners on the other side of the border. Uh, and he says, well, hello again, gang. Another week passes, and another episode brings such delights. You might even be tempted to say these violent delights have violent ends, if you are so inclined. And not just saying that because I am now the ripe old age of 42, with another notch on the calendar. That's right, it was his birthday. Happy birthday, Sean. That, and needing to recover from the deluge of the feels from seeing Infinity War the night before my birthday. Oh, oh, careful spoilers. Is that it the, on, on Infinity War? That's it. On, on okay. Infinity. All right. Yeah. Uh, you actually saw it, though, didn't you? I did, but I, I, I uh, appreciate nobody being spoiled on that until they see it. Okay. I'll have to still see it. I have not seen it yet, so, yes. Uh, but a buddy of mine wanted me to see it last night, but I, I was watching uh, the kids. My wife had to go out. Um this is what Sean continues. He says, this episode of Westworld reunion revealed many intriguing paths and fun to come. Half of it being appearances of actors like Jonathan Tucker from the ruins. Yep. That was true. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito from breaking bad and Peter Mullen, which is session nine. That and the diverging paths of Meve and Dolores I'm sure many are already guessing where things might go, but seeing the little chat between Meve and Dolores sent chills down my spine. The two sides of the sentience coin with Meve doing it her way and Dolores hers. Sure to meet again, and I have the feeling not as allies when they meet for the final time. 
Hmm, me and Sean are thinking alike because I did not read this email before we discussed this episode. I enjoyed the time hopping and quite looking forward to just where all this is really going, including using the sins of the guests in the park against them. But enough of my ranting gentle fellows. I am anxious to hear your thoughts and hope you all have a great week ahead. Until next time, Sean from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada, a.k.a. the aging ginger wildling north of <laughs> all. Very well. Sounds like he's got the birthday blues pretty bad. Yes, yes it does. Uh, though it seems like he had fun time because he got to uh, see a, a movie that he enjoyed tremendously as part of his birthday gift. So, uh, yeah, good for him. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he's right on. Uh, me, even Dolores are going to go different paths, and when they do meet again, if they do, it will be uh, as enemies. Um, and that's a guess. I mean, we're all just guessing, but I, I think right. that, that's probably the case. I, I think if a robot kills her daughter, that's actually a likely outcome. Absolutely. Which, which I, I don't know if that's a good thing, because, again, if a robot kills your daughter or if a human kills a robot, that does not mean all humans are bad because they killed a robot or all robots should be killed because they killed our daughter. It just means that one specific robot was the culprit. And the question is, will be she be smart enough to know that, or will she just group all of those who killed her daughter together just because of ident identifyingly demographic aspects? Well, no. Everyone says that all people suck. <laughs> right. That's true. Uh, um, At least Eric's consistent, though. It, it would be... <laughs> I don't discriminate. Everybody sucks. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it would also be interesting to see if that were to go that way, if Maeve's ability to control other robots applies to ones who are sentient. Mm. Like, could she tell Dolores what to do? Mm. That's a good point. Because, yeah, I mean, she didn't try to control Dolores there, right? If anything, they almost killed each other because Teddy right. had to stop the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so Meve isn't the all powerful as as we saw, right? That hmm. is interesting. We shall see. So hopefully we'll see more of Ms. the ex Ms. Elon Musk oh, to Lula Riley because she's so smoky. Oh my God! Just stop. Well, yeah. <laughs> but um, or Phil hasn't got his quotient of boobies in this season. Um, I, I hope to see more of Angela Seraphim as well, uh, Clementine. I've, I've missed her character a lot. I'm sure you do. Yes. She did have a quick cameo in this episode. She did, as as the, the cocktail waitress. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm glad Talula Riley has joined the main cast. I'm very happy about that. I'm happy for you, Phil. Indeed, indeed. I guess that's it. Uh, oh, Evan, Rachel look, Wood, uh, I like that white dress she had at the party, cocktail party. That was, a good, that was a good dress. It was a nice dress. Yeah, it sure was. Um, now, uh, other things. Uh, people who want to comment to us, similar to Elizabeth Catherine Gray or Sean Fox, um, can do so by two ways. One is to post in the Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group and start a uh, conversation, and we will t take uh, big chunks of it, similar to Elizabeth Catherine Gray's, um, and read it out on the podcast, or send it to darkdiscussions at AOL.com, uh, as Sean Fox did, and we will read um, the email on uh, the podcast. 
Uh, we do have an excellent uh, email from Holly Masiak uh, for the Dark Discussions podcast, which we will read on uh, that episode uh, coming up. Um, so, uh, folks, keep on uh, emailing in, uh, darkdiscussions at AOL.com. And more folks to join us on uh, the Facebook group and uh, whatnot. Uh, all right, so any final thoughts, uh, Eric, on the episode in Westworld in general? Uh, I like the episode, although apparently I didn't like it as much as most people. Uh, I am curious to uh, continue the storyline of Charlotte and uh, not Arnold. What's his name? Bernard. <laughs> uh, I want to continue that storyline and see where it goes. Yeah, we want to see what happens uh, with the saber-toothed tiger or whatever. It's, it's really mean to have the same actor play two parts in one show. Well, I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll say one thing. Uh, someone from Forbes, I think it was Forbes, that wrote a review about this latest episode, um, stated, "Why do all the flashbacks have Ford as a young person while Bernard never aging?" And I was shocked that robot Bernard to look like Arnold at that age. Exactly, and I was shocked that this reviewer for Forbes. Um, is stupid. Yeah, that that was quite bizarre because <laughs> that's they, not that's not just not thinking it through before you write it down. That's yeah, yeah. I don't know how that passed through editors because um, the, she's been writing the reviews since season one, and 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 it just didn't. I don't know. It was like, have you ever watched the show, woman? Right. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that was the answer for that. It's because the Bernard from the past is actually Arnold, while the Bernard from the present is actually Bernard the robot. So, yeah. I do do think it's kind of, sorry, I do think it's kind of funny how we're getting getting Shadow Ford (laughs) this year in the flashbacks, where you hear Anthony Hopkins' voice, uh, but they don't want to do the the de-aging CGI every episode, so they just... Have a back where you can't see them. <laughs> it was a reflection in the gl- uh, glass, I think it was. <laughs> right. uh, Mike? Was, I, I like the series. I like the episode. It's not a standout episode for me, uh, but it does give some pieces to the puzzle. And it's helping flesh things out a bit. Uh, I'm more interested in getting to the action in the present day, which looks like it'll happen next week. And if I saw the previews correctly, we will be getting to... Uh, Go Station! To Station 6, or whatever that's called. So mm-hmm. that would be nice to see. We might see a non-Westworld world. Right, very good. Uh, my final thoughts is more Tallulah Riley. That is all. So predictable. So with all that stated, Eric, why don't you leave us up? All right. Thanks for listening to us talk about Reunion. Come back next week. We'll be talking about episode three. Mm-hmm.